Praise the Lord, everyone. It was good to be in the house of the Lord here this night. You know, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the word of God is sharp, it's quick and powerful, and that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, I thank God tonight that we have a word, that we have his word that can, is able to get down to right where we live at. Because this world is full of wickedness. This world is full of violence and hate and hurt. But thank God that we have a word of God that can get down right where we're at to this day. I remember coming up when I first got into church, I was raised in a house of false doctrine. And my grandma believed one thing, my mom believed one thing, and I was in the middle of trying to decide where I should be at, where I was trying to fit in. But thank God for the day that his word came, that it says you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to repent. You need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for that day that the word came into my life. Thank God for that day that the word, that God, that Jesus Christ robed himself in flesh, and he came to this earth to die for a sinner like me, to die for this world, to give his life for, every, for everyone, even people that don't love, that don't know him, that don't like him, that even people that would spit, against, spit in his face and walk against, and talk against him and go against his word. I thank God that he had love for us, that he first loved us, that he gave his love for us, that he gave his life and his blood, that we can be saved, that we can have opportunity to enter into his kingdom. I thank God for his word. I never want to go against his word. I never want to turn my back on what God has died for what God has placed in his church. I thank God for the truth. I don't want false doctrine. I don't need false doctrine. False doctrine cannot save me. Getting baptized in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost cannot save me. It's only through the name of Jesus Christ that we are saved. And I thank God for this Holy Ghost that gives us strength, that gives us power, that gives us insight into his word, that we know that there's not three gods in the, in the Godhead. That we know that there's one God. We know that his name is Jesus Christ. We know that there's power in his name. Thank you, Jesus. I never want to go back on that word. I want to stick with that word. Even when that word goes against what I believe or what I feel is right or what I want, I want to stick with God's word here tonight in Jesus' name. At this time, with ushers prepared, everyone say, God bless the offering in Jesus' name.
the Lord, everybody. I thank God for him being in the house tonight. In the book of Acts chapter 2, the Bible says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. If you keep on reading, the Bible says that the Lord added unto the church daily such as should be saved. I thank God that his word still works tonight. As was said previously, false doctrine don't work. The Bible didn't say that they continued steadfastly in the false apostles' doctrine, but they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. As a result of that, God added unto his church. God knows exactly what to do. The Bible says, <laughs> one thing about it, as was said previously, they didn't, they didn't get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's never going to get confirmed by Jesus Christ. He's going to confirm his word. The Bible says that Paul, he planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. If we repent, if we get baptized in Jesus' name, God is going to give us the increase tonight. He's going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's going to do great things. There is something going on in the world, in the religious world, that if we stop preaching the doctrine, if we stop preaching what thus saith the Lord, the word of God, that the crowds will come in. And that God is going to add to the church if we preach something that's not in this word. But I, we don't want that kind of crowd tonight. We want saints of the living God. We want the real thing. People are tired of coming to church and looking around and saying this, this person is a hypocrite and that person is basically a bunch of sinners in the church. People, people are not coming to church to see that type of thing. They come, they want to see and experience a change. And I thank the Lord tonight that when we get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we have a change in our life. He said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. And I thank God that we have that power tonight, that we don't have to live in sin, we don't have to be bound by sin. The Bible says, him that stole, let him steal no more. When we get the Holy Ghost, we don't have to do the things that we did before. We have a new life. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Let's continue to give God praise tonight. He's going to do great things.
Take this moment, this opportunity. He's in the house. Worship him, worship him, worship him. 
And I love you, almighty God. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the God of gods. And I praise you. I praise you. I praise you, Lord. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, holy King. Oh, my Father, my God, my Savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In that name above every name. God, we praise you. Oh, God, we have need of thy glory. Come on and work here, Lord. Minister here, Lord. Touch our hearts and our lives. Fire our minds and our thinking, Lord. Help us to believe you, trust you, obey you, feel after you. Help us, Lord God, to give the praise that you want, O oh Lord, that you demand and command of your people, where you will come and inhabit, O oh Lord. Oh God, dwell in our midst, O oh Lord Jesus. I praise you, holy King. I worship you, mighty God. I bless you, holy Savior. Thank you, dear Lord God. Thank you, dear Lord God. Thank you, dear Lord God. You're the King and the Savior and the God of glory. The God of glory. Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the name, the beautiful name, the holy name. The great and the mighty name. Thank you, holy God, precious Savior. And everybody said, praise the Lord. It is so good to be in God's house tonight and to feel after his great and wonderful and mighty presence. I'm glad to be in his house. I hope that you are. I believe you are. He's so mighty and so holy. If you have a Bible, I'm turning in the Scripture. We believe nothing but the Word of God here. We are certainly not interested in commentary on man's religious ideas. We're interested in thus saith the Lord in subject matter. Everybody said amen. He's a great and wonderful and holy God. And I praise his righteous holy name. Thank you, dear God. All right. I'm going to turn to the book of Proverbs tonight. Book of Proverbs. Everybody said hallelujah. You know, the old book is loaded with lots of good and rich things that will instruct us. After all, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it is profitable. And it's good to work with things that will put you on the profitable side of the ledger. I want to come out at the end of things and be all in the negative. Everybody said Amen. Oh, yes. I'm in Proverbs chapter 3. Let's just begin with verse 1. It's also good. My son, and that means also my daughter, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Now that's what you want to have around your neck, ladies. Okay? All right. There you go. If, 
if you see God knows what the best adornment is okay let it not be silver and gold or pearls etc the book said in first Peter chapter 3 and first Timothy 2 and 9 but he said right here he said for you to not let mercy and truth forsake thee but to bind them about thy neck don't let them get away write them upon the table of thine heart so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Everybody said praise the Lord. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I'm turning to Luke's account. There are four accounts of the one gospel, the one truth. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And tonight, I'm interested in 18 for just a moment here. Verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others now number one confuse Bible truth with English literature because a parable in the Bible is different from a parable in English literature so you have to get out of your spiritual mind you have to get out of your natural mind into your spiritual mind and you've got to look at this book in a spiritual light and it is spiritually discerned a natural man cannot receive the things of God hence we must be born again off water and of the Spirit and Jesus's word teaches to be born again of water is to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the full pardon of all of your sins and to be born again of the spirit it, so you can be baptized in any water it doesn't have to be crystal clear it can be muddy and dirty as all get out many a man and woman have been baptized in ditches in war zones or in the back of uh, pickup trucks that were lined with uh, some type of liner that kept the water from running out so that they could use it as a baptismal tank and it's not the water okay it's you being buried with Jesus in that watery grave. And when you come up out of that watery grave, then you're right there. You're born again off water, any water. Didn't say any specific water, okay? Didn't say running water or still water or distilled water or um, Evian water or rain water. Didn't say that. It just said for you to be born again off water. But it did say for you to be born again of the Spirit. Because we don't want just any spirit. Not just any spirit will do. We want the Holy Spirit. Everybody said amen. So when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, as John said that Jesus would bring and do, then you're born again of the Spirit and was well taught and exampled when Jesus in the days of his flesh came to John the baptizer and said, I've come to be baptized of you. And John tried to fuss about that. 
And Jesus stopped him dead in his tracks and said, I must fulfill all righteousness. I've got to be an example. These people are looking. The world is looking. And I've got to show them by example how this is to be done, how you're to be saved, how to be born again. Because I'm telling them, you must be born again off water and of the Spirit, or you cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God. So let's get with it, John. So John baptized Jesus that day. And when Jesus, the Bible said, came straightway up out of the water, you got to get in it to come up out of it. And as he came straightway up out of the water, then the heavens were opened over him, and the Spirit descended upon him in a visible form of a dove, giving John a sign that this is truly the Christ that you've just baptized. And we're not involved with a brand X or some kind of uh, uh, imposter here. But this is he that is fulfilling the Scriptures, he whom it is written, and you're to pave the way for him. You're to turn the hearts of people to him. And so he did. And so Jesus showed, you must be born again of water, and he was baptized in water. You must be born again of the Spirit. The heavens opened, the Spirit descended upon him. And so it is from then forward as the church began when Jesus gave his life on the cross and as he gave them last-minute instructions before he ascended up on high. And they took those instructions. They went to the upper room of Acts chapter 2, and in the upper room of the church house, they were all filled. Mary, the mother of the flesh. That is, Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, the flesh. The, the man, the Christ Jesus, the one who was the lamb of the Spirit, the sacrifice, the one who took upon him the nature of Abraham. And so Jesus, the Christ's own mother, he filled her with a gift of the Holy Ghost, as he did the other devout women and the, and the apostles and the other devout men the number being about 120, and they were the first ones that were placed into the body of Christ, known as the church, the congregation of the mighty. These are they that came out of darkness into his marvelous light. And everybody said amen. amen. Give God a big hand. <clears throat> well, in the days of his flesh, in the days of his teaching, his earthly ministry, as he went about doing good, healing all those that were sick and oppressed of the devil. The Bible teaches here in Luke chapter 18 that there was, and I say the difference between the Bible and the English literature is that a parable in English literature does not represent particularly a certain person if it said so. It, it's just made up. But when Jesus said there was a certain person, Jesus didn't lie. There was a certain man or a certain woman. And so here we have, he's speaking this uh, truth for them to understand. And he said, there was a certain, there were those that were certain, certain ones, which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. What that means is that they trusted in their own righteousness. And the Bible teaches us that our righteousness is as filthy rags. In the sight of God, it is smelly and a dirty old rag, and it's not worth anything. That's why the high priest was visited when the angel came after Satan had come at his right hand to resist the high priest, that the angel of the Lord came and began to work on him as the Spirit 
inspired him to do so and gave him directions, and he gave him a whole new set of clothing. He took away the filthy garments because that's what the righteousness of Jesus Christ will do for you. It's not your righteousness that you want. You don't want to hold on to what you think is right. You want to hold on to, I believe this way all my life. Who cares how you believed all your life? What matters is what Jesus said. And maybe, just maybe, you're not believing what Jesus said. Just maybe you got it all mixed up. Maybe you got off on the wrong foot going in the wrong direction. You need to stand up in Jesus Christ and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to trust in you. I'm not going to do like this teaching here, trusting in myself. I'm going to forsake mine own righteousness, and I'm going to seek the righteousness of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Oh, yes. So Jesus spake this teaching of truth unto those particularly that were trusting in themselves. And because of their self-righteousness, they were so snooty. They're, you know, it's been said and it is raining out. If you keep your nose up like that, all snooty and stuck up, you go out there in the rain, you'll probably drown. You know, So you don't want to do that. You don't want to uh, have that kind of attitude. You want to get this Word of God in your heart and if you truly get this born-again experience, you're going to have the love of God shed abroad in your heart, Romans 5 and 5. And that love of God, friend, you're not going to be snooty and snotty. You're not going to be condescending. You're not going to be self-righteous any longer. Those old things, as was stated, are passed away. And behold, all things become new. You have a change in your attitude because you get a new heart. You get a new spirit. When you get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Romans, teaching to the church, teaching to those that were already baptized in Jesus' name, but he said you're buried with him. You're buried with him. And you come up to walk in newness of life. That old stuff is gone. That's what we're buried. We bury the old you. We bury the old sinful Egyptian nature. And you come up to walk in newness of life. Born again off water. When you come up out of the water, that's when you're born again of water. We've buried the old man. You're buried with Jesus Christ. Buried that. Because Jesus repented. That means he died on the cross. We repent because he died on the cross and then he showed us water baptism because he was buried. And water baptism is a burial. And then he, he had the Spirit of God re-entered him and raised him from the dead. And that taking place is the resurrection power. And that's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the good news that you can be born again of water and the Spirit. And it gives you a means and a way of escape. And it's the only means and the only way of escape. And it's what he told them they had to preach and teach and bring to everybody everywhere. And they had to get it before they could do it. You know, I experienced that myself personally. Because when and I was a sinner, I was lost. Of course, I was. And, uh, of course, I didn't think I was. I thought I was just fine. But, you know, as I got witness to and, and began to read the Bible and discuss the Bible, I began to look into the perfect law of liberty, and I began to see just how nasty I was. And so, as I did so, then the Bible began to teach me and instruct me, and I began to try to follow the Bible and what it taught and what it said. And in that taking place in my life, those, uh, I was shedding the, that self-righteousness, getting rid of that, and seeking first his kingdom and finding his righteousness. What do you say is right, Jesus? What does your word say is right? 
I want to do it according to the word of the Lord. Blessed is that man or woman that puts their trust in the Lord. After all, it is written, again, Proverbs 3 and 5, trust not in thine own way, thine own understanding. Don't trust in your way. That's going to let you down. That's going to mislead you. That's going to mess everything up. You want to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You can't hold back. You can't reserve. You can't have that fallow ground. You got to break it all up. You got to let the Lord plow every last living bit of it, friend. And He sets that plow good and deep. And He's going to turn that soil over of your heart. And He's going to get all that sin churned up out of there. He's going to clean up that field of your heart and get you ready for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Get you ready to have all your sins forgiven and washed away, sent away, pardoned, and remembered no more. And everybody said amen. Well, give him a big hand. Oh, yes, it's so good to have this great experience. And Jesus was looking at somebody who was trusting in themselves, somebody who was trusting in their own ways. I remember uh, going around knocking on doors one time and witnessing to people, and I met this man. He answered the door of his home, and I stood there on the stoop and began to quote him chapter and verse in an attempt to show him the biblical plan of salvation. And after about 15 minutes, he said, young man, he said, Everything you've said is right. I see it. It's right there in the Bible. He said, but you know what? He said, I've been what I've been for 20, 30 years. And he said, I'm not going to change now. Don't trust in your own righteousness. Don't trust in your own way. It's in the Bible. That's what you should be looking for. You should be looking for that chapter and verse. You should be looking for that subject matter. You've you got to say to yourself, Jesus, I told a young man just, uh, I think it was last night, I told him, I said, listen, I said, um, he said, are you non-denominational? And I said, we're a continuation of the original church that Jesus built and gave birth to and started. And I said, you know, he only started one church. And he said, yeah. And I said, okay. And I said, that's what we're a continuation of. I said, we preach exactly what the original early church preached. And that was quoted tonight, Acts 2.42, that that original church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the doctrine that they got from Jesus Christ and that they gave to everybody since then. And the church continued on doing the same thing. We must continue on in the teachings of the original church. I'm not interested in this denomination that started in 1842 or one that started in 1507 or one that started in 325 A.D. I'm not interested in those. I'm going right back. I don't, need, I don't even need a date. You could say approximately, and I would say approximately, 33 A.D., but I can say definitely Acts chapter 2. That's what I want to say, chapter and verse. I want to go right and put my finger on chapter and verse and say there it shows you in second chapter of Acts where they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Those all being about that 120 that were able to put that spirit of deception behind them and walk away from people who were all caught up in their own ways and trusted in their own ways, in their own self-righteousness. They thought, I'm a great person of God, and I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm the other. And they walked away from them, going in the direction that Jesus told them to go and do what Jesus said to do. And
and they assembled themselves together in the upper room at Jerusalem because Jesus said in Luke 24 and 45 when he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures he said repentance and remission of sins was to be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem he said and you go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem and you wait for the promise of the spirit which I've told you about told you about that told you about that and they trusted in him they did what he said they walked away from mothers and fathers husbands or wives and they they walked away from other kinfolk they walked away from employers or employees they walked away from friends so-called they walked away from all kinds of things because Jesus bid them just like he did Peter and Andrew when he said come and follow me and they dropped their nets and they begin to follow him. and others just like that they got up and they followed him there's everybody you're going to find that you're going to have to leave some stuff behind you're going to have to leave some people behind you're going to have to leave attitudes behind you're going to have to leave habits behind you're going to have to leave a whole lot of things behind because we're born in sin and we're shaping iniquity. So there's, there's no good thing going on in our lives until Jesus comes along. And when he tells us to drop it and follow him, then that's what we've got to do. It Drop it like it's a hot rock. And it is. It's a rock set on fire of hell. I want the one that's set on fire of heaven. I want the one that brings the heavenly fire. I want the one that I can be led to and stand on. The rock that's higher than I am. I don't want that molten lava. I don't want that brimstone and pitch that's coming from beneath, friend. That place that's the... Uh, made for the devil and his angels prepared for the devil I don't want any part of that happy to be delivered from that and delivered being saved and that's what was quoted also tonight him that stole you steal no more people that have uh, we have a whole lot of things we have to leave behind that's what repentance is for and that's what the scripture said here's the first day of the church that Jesus started meaning the body of Christ that he started, the congregation that he started. The word actually means people coming out of darkness into marvelous light. And so when Jesus gave birth to that, recorded in Acts chapter 2, when that took place, then Peter was used by Jesus Christ to begin to preach all Scripture given by the inspiration of the Spirit. And he began to be inspired of the Spirit. He began to preach the Word of the Lord. And as he came to the conclusion of his sermon, then the people cried out and they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? 17 plus nations were represented, the whole known world. Right in your Bible, Acts chapter 2, it records it. And as they cried out, man's universal cry, then God gave the universal answer. He didn't give answers, he gave an answer. And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you. That means every one of you, every nation, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Does it not strike you odd that the denominal world you're surrounded by at this town, this tri-city area, this state, this county, this state, this nation, this world, you are surrounded by the opposing force that Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church he could have said it this term against my church and he did later on in other places against his church against his body and i want you to know that they're not the enemy is not going to prevail but he's going to keep fighting till the bitter end and as he fights he brings every kind of false doctrine he is anti-christ he is anti-god 
He is anti-truth. He's against it. And so hence he tells people to take Christ, accept Christ as your personal Savior. Those words are not in the Bible. They were never spoken or taught or given to anybody in instructing them on how to be saved. Not once, not one time, not in there. But that's what the denominal world, that's what the religious world says. And much other like things they say, shake hands, nod and wink, and just come on and do this and do that. But why wouldn't you want to do what the Bible said? That's what I want to know. That's so good when, as somebody said tonight, when the Word of God came to them and they were able to look it on the right hand and say, that's not what it says, and look on the left hand and say, that's not what it says, but this is what it says. Let me do what this says. Let me do it just like it's saying it. It means what it says. Mean Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not, obvious, and is not baptized, shall be damned. Wow, that's very plain. We had, you may be seated, we had two young ladies come here. And they kept trying to mess with one of our young people and trying to turn them away from the faith, the truth. And, uh, and they came and visited here. They said that we were teaching her things that were going to put her in hell. And so one of our people said, what? Because we're, we're teaching her to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? They said, yes. They said, you don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. And so I had stepped up about that time, and I said, oh. So Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And you're saying, he that believeth and is not baptized shall be saved. Is that the idea? And it hit the young lady, and she said, well, yeah, she said, I guess that's what we're saying. Well, at least she was on enough, honest enough to admit <laughs> that she was saying exactly opposite what the Scripture said, that she was contradicting the very words of Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry, that he spoke to everybody. Let us do what Jesus said. Why fight him? Why? Uh, for what? Because of tradition. Jesus said they hold to their own tradition. They set God's word aside. They set it at naught. At naught. They full well reject the commandment of God that they might keep their own ideas and their trust in their own ways as Jesus was teaching here. Trust in their own righteousness. This individual went on, the Scripture said, in despising others. He said that two men, Jesus taught, two men went up into the temple to pray. Now, this is actual. Jesus doesn't lie. The one, he said, was a Pharisee. He, he had religion. You name any religious group you want to name, put whatever name you want him to put. You want to put there. And the other was a publican. He was just a sinner. And the Pharisee, the religious person, stood and prayed thus within himself. You see, God knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. And so he, this individual was praying and saying, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican. He said, I fast twice in the week. That meant there was one week out of the year when they, when they were set aside for fasting, and he did that. And he said, and I give tithes of all that I possess. Well, you should do that. You certainly, that's what the Bible teaches. It's not that he wasn't doing some things that the Bible teaches. But then he went on to say that Jesus taught that the publican now, the sinner, 
standing afar off, he would not lift up his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his chest, saying, God be merciful unto me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. The sinner, the publican, went home justified rather than the other man who bragged on himself. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Let's not trust in ourselves. Let's trust in the Lord with all our heart. Blessed is that man or woman that trusteth in the Lord. Man, you're talking about eternal life coming your way. You're talking about the truth coming your way. You're talking about the word of the Lord coming to you and giving to you this great plan of salvation if you'll simply get away from leaning on your own understanding, trusting in your own ways, and being proud, lifted up with it. You'll get a quick, a quick trip to the basement. You'll be abased. How much better to humble yourself and let the Lord lift you up. Shall we stand together? God love you. His truth is so beautiful and so wonderful. And it is for everybody. Yes, Jesus started one church. But he sent that church into all the known world. And, it, and, and as, as the word kept spreading, the church kept spreading, there came a time when they got over here to where we live in what's called this Western Hemisphere. Remember, this all started over in the Middle East. And yet here, the church went out everywhere in all directions. And you could go just about anywhere, and you'll find people baptized or baptizing in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible said, neither is there salvation in any other, Acts 4 and 12. For there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, people will sing about his name. And people will preach about his name. And people will brag on his name. People will ask for healing in the name of Jesus Christ. People will end blessing their food in the name of Jesus Christ. If they believe in casting out devils, they will do it or attempt to in the name of Jesus Christ. You hear me? Everybody said amen. amen. But when it comes to getting rid of their sins, they don't want to baptize in the name of Jesus Christ think about the contradiction in that think about that kind of contradiction whatsoever you do in word or deed you're told to do it all in the name of Jesus Christ that my friend is the name above every name that the whole family in heaven and earth is named after and people have gotten tripped up because a religious group came along and they looked and didn't understand natural mind not understanding the spiritual book and they read Matthew 28, 19, which is a beautiful verse. And Jesus giving a commission, a commandment, telling them as they were going to the upper room to get the Holy Ghost, that they were to go into all the world and baptize in the name. Everybody said in the name. Now, you tell me who this is. Your Bible uses this title, Alpha and Omega. That's Jesus, huh? Okay, okay. First and last, the faithful, the high priest, 
the faithful witness, the advocate. No problem, right? So if I say in the name of all of those titles, you're going to say Jesus Christ, correct? So who, who is the everlasting Father? Good. Very good. I like that. That's what the Bible teaches. All right. Okay. And uh, what's the name of the Son? Oh, that's good. That's good. And the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, would be sent in His name. And His name is? That's good. So when you read Matthew 28, 19, it's said to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In the name. I'm going to the bank tomorrow. I may cash a check for 25 cents. And if my account will let me. And, uh, but when I write that check out for .25 and I go to sign it, if I sign senior pastor, if I sign son, if I sign husband of Joy Feld 43 years next month, I'm not getting 25 cents. They're not going to give me my 25 cents until I sign Senior Pastor Feld because that's my name and that's what's on the signature card at the bank. You hear me? You've got to sign your name. And everybody said amen. And Mr. DMV won't let me sign Senior Pastor Feld. He makes me sign J.P. Feld. Yeah. I had one of those troopers one time. He looked at my license and said, Senior Pastor Feld, and he said, you're not allowed to have that on there. I said, well, I do. He couldn't do nothing about it then, but they got me later. <laughs> they got me later. Oh, brother, but you got to have the name. You've got to have the name. Aren't you glad you know his name? His name is above every name. And he's got, he wears all the crowns. He has all the titles. And when you get to the top of the top of the top crown, you're going to find his name that's above everything. And that name is Jesus Christ. The blood is in his name. If you want to get your sins forgiven, remissed, fully pardoned, sent away and remembered no more, then you're going to have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because the blood is in his name. That's what your Bible teaches. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. That's what your Bible said. Everybody said amen. Let's give God a big hand. All right. While she sings and we gather in to worship here just another moment or two, let us come. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord.